This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. Either on Instagram or Twitter is at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the show, this is a call-in show where people remain anonymous and call in to tell me their secret naughty lies. People call in because they want my advice. Do you fall into any of those two categories and want to call into the show? while remaining anonymous because they change everybody's voice, send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on Be On The Show. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to rate my show. Give me five stars. If you're listening on iTunes, do the same there. It's super easy. It really helps my show. I haven't been asking for things like that, but I probably should because it would, like I said, it does help the show. (laughs) Anyway, if you don't like my show and you think I talk too much, then bye-bye. Don't listen. What else? If you have a fetish, an interesting fetish, this is Fetish Fridays, okay? I I love talking to people about their fetishes. It's interesting to me. I want to hear from more people that have different kinds of fetishes. So is that a word, fetishes? (laughs) I don't know. I'm very bad at grammar. But anyway, if you have a fetish that you want to talk about, make sure to email me too, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I also have a confessions line. If you want to leave a naughty confession, an interesting confession, you know, you got four minutes to do it. You could call anytime. The confessions hotline is 347-420-3579. Again, 347-420-3579. That number is in the description as well. So back to Fetish Friday. So this is Fetish Fridays. Now, listen, I have two guys on to talk about two different fetishes. There's that word again. I don't know if it exists, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I think fetishes must be a word. So one guy, Tracy, he called in before. He was uh, uh, my bisexual crossdresser. He called in. You could hear his whole backstory. It's super fascinating. Um, but what he told me at the end was that he had this like wedding dress thing going down. He had a fetish. I would call it a fetish for trying on wedding dresses. And he called in to talk all about it. And let me tell you, his story was fascinating because like he didn't just go to wedding dress stores. He would like answer ads for women that were selling their wedding dresses. He's bought some. He, you know, I grilled him on like how the girls would react when he showed up. Cause like, imagine you're selling a wedding dress and like some dude shows up and, (laughs) and he like wants to wear it himself. Right. He also, one of his try-on experiences actually led to a hookup, okay? So, 
He's going to talk about all of that. And then, okay, I have on TJ. Now, TJ had called in before, too. His episode, I think, was 201. I don't know. He says it in the email, in the episode, and I'm going to put a link to his episode in the description, too. But he called because I put a shout out about people calling in with their fetishes, and he wrote in that he had a scat fetish. Is a poop, scat, you know, what do you want to call it? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> but his was very interesting because when he called up, it wasn't like what you thought. It was, It's not that he likes people to poop on him or like he wants to rub it on somebody else. It doesn't have that aspect to it. It's not about being degraded. For him, it was like a visual thing. And it really started, I mean, he talked, what's interesting about his story is he talks about how he got wired that way and how it really started with his interest in pee, like in a personality trait, how that's tied into the fact that he went from pee to poop. I mean, I know it's not a big stretch, but I think it is. And it's interesting, like I said, where, when he talks about how it went from there and what turned him onto it and how he became into it. The story involves a girlfriend of his. Okay. He's going to give you that story. And then he talks all about like where he would go to get off on that, on his fetish from, you know, paying for it and paying for videos and where he goes to see videos and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, he turns out that he's just like really into women's bodily functions, peeing. He's also into squirting. He's also into, you know, when a woman lactates from her breast. Is that what it's called? I don't know. So he's into all that kind of stuff and he talks about it. And like I said, we do go into where does it come from? And one thing kind of led to the other. And that's what we discuss as well as he gives like a lot of links to a lot of places that if you have these kind of fetishes, you can go to as well for more content. So first is going to be Tri Tracy talking about wedding dresses. And then we get to TJ talking about poop, scat. I don't know. I, I like scat. I like poop. He calls it poo. I don't like that word, but what could I do? I couldn't take it out. <laughs> That's what he calls it. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Tracy and TJ. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Hey, Tracy, welcome back. I know you mentioned something very interesting at the end of the last time we talked. Something about wedding dresses. Is that what it was? Yeah. Explain that to me. What is that all about, wedding dresses? Trying them on you? I mean, I don't understand. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting one because when I was in college in my 20s, the first time I went, I saw this girl. She had a posted on the board at college that she was selling a wedding dress. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to call and see if I can try it on and possibly buy it and called her up and told her I was a cross-dresser and she had no problem with it and I tried it on. Wow. You always are, you're, you really are that guy that was like, this is who the fuck I am at all times with all things that you've done. Like, it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So wait, how old were you? This is in college? Yeah, I was uh, 23. So you call her up. She's around your same age, right? And you're like, listen, this is who I am. I'm a crush sir. Could I just come try it on? And she said, sure. Yes. Okay. So then you go to meet her. Yep, I, yeah, I go to her apartment, you know, she had the dress out and went in her bedroom or bathroom, I guess, and, you know, got undressed, tried it on, came out and showed it to her, you know, see if it fit or not. And, yeah, and then I, I didn't buy that one, took it off, got dressed. I was probably there, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Uh-huh. Did she give a critique? Yeah. Like, did she say, oh, that looks really nice on you? Or was she, like, disinterested? I mean, what was her reaction? 
as far as I remember, she did critique it and, you know, kind of gave me some constructive criticism and had no problem that I was a guy, of course. And, she was maybe just trying to make a make the sale. I don't know. <laughs> did she think you were actually going to buy it? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there was some shock factor there that, okay, it's a guy trying on my dress, but, you know, it's not like she made me feel bad or anything or no that's great i would have like been so excited for you to leave so i could call up all my friends and tell them like to me it's just a great story you know what i'm saying because it's like not the norm right so it's like Mm -hmm. oh my god look guess what just fucking happened to me like to me it's just an interesting story for her to have but yeah no go and tell people well it's kind of to follow up on that you mentioned that now she did do that Oh, oh my God. called up and, and told a friend. Well, this friend she told is a friend of mine and, and was actually going out with a friend of mine at the time. They're now married. Mm-hmm. So it kind of got out a little quicker, a little more than I ever wanted it to. Now, did this friend of yours know that you were a crossdresser? Obviously, yes, right? Uh, well, yeah, I kind of found out beforehand, and I did tell her a couple years after that, just kind of fell into one night that I did tell her, and she was fine with it. But then when she found out about the wedding dress thing, that was after she knew, right? Oh, uh, that was before she knew. Oh, before she knew. So who calls you up and says, hey, did you go over and try your girl's wedding dress on? I mean, like, how did that conversation happen? My my friend just told me, I think, when I told her. So I think I think it was a couple years later. Oh, oh, okay. So she didn't confront you right then and there. She, But later no. when she found out that it was that you were, she was like, oh, she put it, she tied it together and said, oh, by the way, that girl called me up and said, hey, I just had a cross dresser come over and... That's how it right. Oh, so she, she she didn't know that it was you. She just knew it was a quote unquote cross dresser. Uh, yeah, no, she yeah, I was never confronted about it by her, but But she you know, knew it she was knew you? It. I think she did. Right, or, interesting. Because I think I I used my real name or, you know, to to the person that was selling the dress and I think my friend just put two and two together. Right, but but just like I said, that girl was like, I can't wait to tell somebody. I mean, that's just like a story you want to, you know, tell people. Right. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, this is the mid-90s, of course, and, you know, it's not really out yet. Totally. That, you know, cross-dressing is normal, you know, kind of like it is now, of course. And, And then to follow up on that, you know, I did that... Probably about two dozen times after that. Wedding dresses, meaning, so let me ask you this. Did you ever go, did you start to go into like wedding dress stores or did you always look in the classifieds for people selling them? Like how did you start to do this, you know, uh, as like habitually? Yeah, mostly the classifieds, you know, because the internet, of course, was just on the edge of coming out mainstream. So it was still newspaper Right. classifieds, bulletin boards, you know, was that college or whatever. And that was the main way of finding them. And then there was actually one wedding dress store close by that I became friends with the owner and she let me try on a couple times and, you know, formal dresses. And 
Okay, but just like so back cool. that story up for a second, because I just always like to know that moment where like, you know, you sort of cop to what you're interested in. I mean, you know, how do you, you befriend a woman in a wedding dress store? How? By going in and being very upfront with her about who you are, what you like? Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, walked in and obviously, you know, probably doesn't have too many guys in there unless they're the groom of the bride. And- yeah. And yeah, just walked in and, you know, told her the truth and hey, here I am and I like to cross dress and here's my female name and she was fine with it and, you know, hung out there, I don't know, half dozen times, I guess, you know, went in there every couple months, I guess, just hang out, you know, we just kind of talk fashion and I think she just kind of liked having somebody to talk to. Right. She's bored inside her place. So, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. And actually, I, I've seen her occasionally over the years. In fact, I think she still owns the store. Mm-hmm. And I've just, you know, you know, hi, how are you? I haven't really, didn't really talk about it, but it's just kind of, you know, fact of life, you know. Another person knows what I, who I am and what I do. And the crazy thing is, Tracy, a lot of females aren't going to be listening to this episode. It's going to be mostly my hosers, right? But my Patreon page. But if women heard that this was a thing that you did, they'd be jealous. Because even a woman, I think, wouldn't have the balls to go into a wedding dress store and say, hey, listen, I just want to try on wedding dresses. Can I? I mean, there might be a couple of women that have done that, right? Because there are a lot of women out there that would love to just try try on wedding dresses all the time. It is like a girl fantasy for sure. Yeah, no doubt. It's just like, you know, it's, I think back on it now and you talk about just having ice water in my veins and, but I think the desire to try it on and just have somebody look at me and say, Hey, you know, or ask them, how do I look? You know, that desire was that much stronger that that's how I was just able to do it. And, don't really care what anybody thought. Did these women not know that your heart underneath the wedding dress? Like, I mean, is it a, was it a sexual experience for you at the time or does that become that way? You take that with you and later on when you're home, it becomes a sexual experience or is it not have nothing to do with your sexuality at that point? It's just fashion. I don't know. No, no, great question. I was usually hard, you know, because I was wearing panties and pantyhose, of course, underneath the dress. I'd usually bring my own along. So, you, you know, you try to keep your heart on down so I'm not totally sticking out, I guess, and through the dress. And then, of course, once I got home, you know, it'd usually be a sexual fantasy that night, you know masturbating or otherwise and yeah but it's interesting because i definitely think that the woman in that scenario even me before i started my show i would never think if my friend came to me or i was working in a clothing store and a man came in and said i am a cross-dresser kind of show i would just be like oh yeah sure i wouldn't think like oh he's getting turned on while he's doing that you know what i mean ah mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not like 
when I was in the dressing room store, would I get off in there? You know, I'm not. You weren't a creep. You weren't a creep. <laughs> right. You know, I, I just try on the dress, and yes, I would be hard when I tried on, but obviously wait to get hold before I'd get myself off, so. Right, but I really think it's interesting. Now I would know that if a guy came in that it is sort of a thing that he's doing to turn himself on, so I might be like, uh, go someplace else, I don't know. You know, because there is like a weird line. Right, I mean, no, yeah, and there's certainly people out there that, yeah, probably do that to literally would get turned on and get off right then and there. and Yeah, and you don't know, you know, who's a boundary pusher and who is cool. You weren't pushing the boundaries, but it was a sexual experience for you. What these women just didn't understand that they were, you know, aiding <laughs> you, you know, it's like, such as interesting. Right, absolutely, because, you know, there was that turn on that, okay, here's this woman seeing me dressed up. You know, they didn't really obviously know that, like you said, but yeah. of course, in my mind, this is a lot of fun. And Oh, and so I that got, even adds to it maybe a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that they don't know what they're doing. They're, yes. Like, it, it's just like... It's your secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I certainly didn't tell them, you know, or if they'd ask, you know, at that point, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be in a drag show or not and I I never have and maybe someday still I'd like to try but that was usually what I would tell them that hey you know it might be a drag act someday or I just simply want a wedding dress because I'm a cross dresser. So how many girl did you ever have anybody that denied you because it seems like you you know listen you met the woman the first one you responded to, she was like, cool with it. Then you befriended the woman who owned the wedding dress store. I mean, and then you said you would go into the classifieds. Did you have like people that hung up on you or like, did you have any negative experiences? I don't recall right offhand, but I would say I'm, I'm sure I did. Maybe a handful of times. I can't think of anything specific, but, but by and large, I guess, you know, I was probably more surprised that I was accepted as often as I was and, and didn't have more rejections than that. Did you ever buy any of the wedding dresses or you just always just tried them on? Did you ever? I, I did end up buying two of them. You did? Yep. Uh-huh. How come? Just they were the ones I did like for one and two. There was a little more pressure from those two. Oh, they were good saleswomen? Yeah, they were good saleswomen and kind of, kind of twisted my arm. And I thought, well, I guess I can't pass this up. So, Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, so. for they're really good saleswomen because they literally sold a wedding dress to a cross-dresser who's never going to use it. Yeah, I mean, they got their 500 bucks out of the deal. So, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> like what the heck so no I was um, and, and I did like them I mean obviously I wasn't if I didn't like the style of them I wouldn't have bought them or fought back right. a little more and said no but no I did like them and so yeah so I, I did end up buying two of them that's crazy so how like how old were you like how many years did this go on for oh I would say probably about five to six years wow just trying on wedding dresses Right. Yeah. You know, you just always look through the classifieds and especially on a Sunday newspaper when they're usually a little more out there because, you know, like 
yeah, the online stuff didn't really exist yet. And if I'd find one and it was within short driving distance, yeah, I'd call them up and say, hey, and that they're okay with it. Usually set up a time and go, um, go try it on. And then, and, and, and sometimes it was usually in and out in a hurry. And some ex- sat and talked with you and some were uh, pretty interested and kind of finding out my backstory, I guess. Of Yeah, that would have been me. I, I would have been both people. I would have been the girl who made you buy it because I'm a good salesperson. I also would have like interviewed you like I'm interviewing. I would be so curious. I would be asking you a million questions, you know, for sure. It kind of lead on to that question. I did have one that I went to and actually spent a couple nights, you know, because she was kind of interested in dating me. Wow. So she was, so she, she's, and she's somebody that was selling a wedding dress. So obviously her wedding plans didn't go well because she's selling the dress. Right. She's, she got jilted. So now you come over as a crossdresser and she winds up like becoming interested in you. How do you know? Like, how does, does she give you her number or something? Yeah. I mean, we kind of started talking, um, kind of the, you know, saw the number, called her up, told her what was going on, then we exchanged emails, and then she said, why don't you come over and or come hang out, and, and yeah, like I said, spent a couple nights, you know, she did my makeup, you know, tried on the dress, tried on some other clothes of hers, and, and yeah, literally, you know, we never dated or per se dated, but, you know, we spent that weekend together. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So she had a thing for that. Right. Yeah, no, she really uh, yeah, liked it. And and, that, and, I, and I suppose, you know, when I think back of that, you know, was that my way of meeting women because I'm so shy otherwise? Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, like in a bar, you know, or wherever, you know, I, I have a hard time or you know, going up and just saying, hi, how are you? When you're a guy, when you're the, your male self. Right. But when you're Tracy. Yeah, it's just kind of my ice, you know, I just look at it as my icebreaker and okay, maybe it's a little different, a lot of different than other guys, but it's my icebreaker. And and that works for you. Yeah. And that's what worked. That's so interesting. So, and it's, uh, and, and I really haven't done it really since I've gotten married. I think I've done it maybe once or twice. The wedding dress um, thing. Right. I actually have my wife that she said I could wear when we got done on our wedding night, but we still haven't tried it on, but we still have it. So, so hopefully that, that can still happen. And, you know, obviously don't really. I have a need for one now or did you get it out of your system? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I did, you know, it's just that kind of what single part of my life in my twenties that, you know, it was a lot of fun and I guess I really don't need to do that part anymore. So yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I didn't think you had, I thought it probably would make a, you know, a pretty good story to get out there and see if that's, happened to anybody else I guess or has that happened to anybody else <laughs> I don't know has it 
listen, that's the end of our conversation about Tracy's trying on wedding dresses. If you have any comments, if you've done this before, if you're into doing this, if you just like me and you're just curious and you find it fascinating, leave a comment on YouTube. Um, but I'm going to get right to it and be right back on with TJ's episode. TJ, welcome back to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How long ago did you first call in? I don't even remember. Uh, it's been years. Because we went into your whole life story before. And if people want to hear that, they could go on to your first episode. I'll include a link in the description, 201. But let's get into the scat fetish, okay? Like, that's hardcore. When did that start? Who do you do that with? Do you still do that? Do you know where it came from? I have a million questions, but why don't you start? Yeah, okay. Well, actually, it started with getting interested in pee. Mm -hmm. I think that started. That was the gateway drug? <laughs> yeah, that was the gateway drug. Yeah. Uh, back in, in the 1980s, when I was studying human, human sexuality as part of studying psychology, and I read about this British physician and sexologist named Havelock Ellis. And he was talking about where his uh, pee fetish came from. He was born in 1859, so like in the Victorian area, he remembered walking with his mother at the zoo, and she was wearing this floor-length dress and holding his hand, and she just stopped. And then he heard her urine hitting the gravel. Oh. And that sound just just seared into his brain and established a pee fetish for him. And even just thinking about that made it fascinating for me, too. And and then back around the same time, I became aware of a porn performer named Annie Sprinkle. I remember Annie Sprinkle, uh-huh. She was very, yeah, like, un her, hardcore, but underground, but in the New York, like, in the scene, people would know of her. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, uh, she did pee videos, but, you know, this was in the age of VHS and stuff like that. Yeah. And I never found any of her pee videos, but I was just fascinated by the idea that anyone would pee in public. And since, I've actually met her and bought her book and she did a boob print on her book for me oh my god hilarious she had long since stopped doing pee videos so i never I've, to this day i've never seen her be how did you meet her because you went to like a book signing or something maybe yeah a book signing and a, and a kind of a performance because for a while she was kind of a performance artist okay mm-hmm and uh, and then there was another performance artist in San Francisco named Susie Q. Mm -hmm. uh, she she spelled it S I O U X S I E, and mm -hmm. then the letter Q. She she was actually an escort in San Francisco who became an activist and then a performance artist, and and she had a podcast called the Whorecast W H O R E C A S T. Yeah. And that in that ended in 2018, but one of the episodes had another. She liked to interview other escorts, 
And one of the other escorts she had on told a story of being with a customer who, that when she said, listen, I have to go pee, he said, wait, don't go to the bathroom to do it, pee on me. Mm-hmm. And and the escort said, oh, well, I guess so, for some extra money. And he paid her extra money to do it, and she peed on him. And then she told him, uh, listen, I have to take a shit, too. Do you want me to do that? He said, sure. And so she pooped on him for even more money. Oh, so my God. that started, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that got me thinking about poop. <laughs> oh, my God. You're very subjective. <laughs> Yeah. As a I person? Am. <laughs> yeah, I am. And I, I knew just from hearing that that it didn't, the idea didn't disgust me. And it was kind of interesting. And, and, and then I had a, a girlfriend that one time I was licking her clit and I had my fingers inside her pussy and I gave her a really strong orgasm. And, and we discovered after she started coming down and I backed away that she had in the middle of her orgasm she, she, oh my two little balls of shit on her bed sheet. Oh, and she was horrified. absolutely mortified. Totally. I could imagine. But, you, you know, it didn't bother me a bit. I mean, I just got some Kleenex and cleaned that up. Said, don't worry. They wa- it washes. I mean, it's natural. The natural function. Yeah. She just couldn't get over it. She was disgusted and horrified. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was aware that, you know, it just didn't bother me. And and that was my only in-person experience of it to this day. And the rest has all been remote. And I discovered that that the interest for me what I really like and what, what the turn-on is for me is that I like to focus on the woman's asshole and watch what the asshole does mm-hmm. while it does its work. Just like in peeing, I like to watch the woman's urethra open up. Right. And, and I, I, I don't like to watch peeing where the lips are closed and it's just spraying everywhere. I want to see a coherent stream come out of an open urethra. And for pooing, I want to watch the asshole open up and kind of escort the poo out of the body. Oh and my once, God, once it's out, I, I, don't, I don't care about it. I don't want to smell it. You don't want it on you. You don't want it on your face. You know, I had a friend when I was growing up in my 20s. This is when, you know, I live in New York City, but this is in my 20s. New York City Times Square was hardcore. There was all the sex uh, shops and stuff. And his family's business, I mean, this was his family's business from his grandfather to his father, and then he took it over, owned adult video stores. So he had taken over his father's business. He was a hard worker. This was, like I said, the family business biz and while I was in college he hired me to help him 
like dupe porns, right? Like I wasn't making the porn. He was just making dupes. He would buy a master and then make dupes, right? And then sell them. And so my job was to make all these dupes. And then I would have to take some pictures and make like a, you know, a collage and then write up a description. I actually was very good at my job. Okay. He said like all the guys in the store always thought my descriptions were like fucking killer, right? And anyway, so I saw a lot of porn. I mean, because he had this one room where there was like, you know, I don't know, 25 TVs stacked around because I was making, you know, millions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. That was the job. So and so I've seen these videos and the Japanese by far do the craziest shit, you know. So I've seen some scat things, you know, where they were like having people poop on their face and they were, you know, it could get really like it can that fetish can go in all different directions. But for you, it was strictly like you like to see it coming out. And then once it's out, like you're not interested. Well, but yeah, you mentioned the Japanese, but I think maybe the most famous one yeah. out in the out in the world was this video called Two Girls, One Cop. Uh-huh. And and that's actually the an unofficial trailer for a two thousand seven Brazilian Scat fetish film uh, called Hungry Bitches. And what it shows is one girl with a cup collecting the poo coming out of the other girl, and then they both eat it out of the cup. Oh my God. And, and in 2007, that was all the rage around the internet. Disgusting people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. And, yeah, and it was really disgusting to everybody. I mean, I definitely think that there's people out there that have it where maybe, I don't know that they want to eat it, but like they do want it on them. They want to be soiled, maybe, they wanna, right? Degraded. They smeared all over them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's interesting that yours is like uh, more of a curiosity and it's a visual thing. Now, did you, so you only had it that one time by accident with your girlfriend. And now, so when you say that all the rest of the times it was virtual, is that what you mean? Uh, yeah. And for example, you know, I've, I've spent way too much money on a, on a cam girl site called Chatterbait. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I've I be, become... Uh, kind of personal friends off that site with some of the girls. And I have paid a few of them to take videos of themselves pooing for me. Mm-hmm. And and they will do that. But, but they're, uh, and that's very personal and they send them to me and I pay them for it individually. Right. But, uh, but of course there are websites for it where, Anybody can get a membership and download the videos. And, and the, the best one I found is called Joy Angelus, J-O-Y-A-N-G-E-L-E-S. And it seems like the others I found just copy a lot of the videos from that site. For example, there's another one called The New Girls Pooping. Uh-huh. And they they have a lot of videos from Joy Angeles that they repost. Right. And now it's a paid membership to get on there. Are you a member of that site too? Yeah. Yeah, it's I have been off and on. I don't maintain a consistent membership. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll I'll get on, I'll I'll pay for a month 
and then download a whole bunch, and that will satisfy me for a while, and I'll cancel my membership. So I, I don't keep paying in perpetuity. Yeah, yeah. Does your wife know about this, or is this something you kept private? No, she, she doesn't have a clue. I mean, we sleep in separate bedrooms, so I have time to myself to be on the computer. I just don't have time to myself to go out and be with other women. So, but nobody has that. Have you ever shared this interest with anyone other than these webcam girls? Nobody. So no, none of your no. You're the only one. And now the girl that you did it with by accident, did she know yeah. that you were into it or did she only know that you just didn't care? Uh, she knew that I didn't care. Right. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've asked other women to pee for me and 98% of them refuse. Occasionally one or two will let me watch them pee while they're sitting on the toilet. But that's not satisfying because... I can't see the stream of urine coming out of their urethra that way. Right, you want to see it. How much did the webcam girls like? How like how much have you paid to for a poop video? Uh, up to fifty euros, you know, which is mm-hmm. over fifty dollars. Right. But, you know that's you know that's way too much. Right. Because I can get a month of Joy Angela's and dozens of videos for thirty bucks. But maybe, you know, I think it's like anything else, right? When you've had that, then you just want more or, right? You need something personal. Like you got to up the ante. Isn't that, doesn't that fucking happen all the time? Well, no, it's not a, it's not like I developed a tolerance and I need more and more and more. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's partially that I become friends with the woman and I know their personal situations and they, they're, struggling financially and I want to be of help to them so I pay more than it's really worth. Oh, I and, get it, right. And you give them and like this is this is what they and they, they ask me for money and they ask me what I want in return and I say, Would you please make a video of yourself pooping for me? Right. And that's what they did. Right. Interesting. Okay. I mean did they ask any questions or they're just like, sure, no problem. Mostly it's the latter. Sure, sure no, no problem. problem. Yeah, that's so interesting. So now, do you do you think it's just because, like I said, you're so subjective or you're very visual, like that you took an interest in like peeing and pooping? Like, do you know? To me, it feels like it's just my fascination with women's bodies. Right. I, mm-hmm. I just love everything that women's bodies do. Right. That's interesting. Uh huh. I have absolutely no problem with period sex or eating out a woman during her period. Right. That's what God made brown towels for. Oh my God. And I, and I love drinking milk from a woman's tits and I love milk videos too. I was going to, I swear I was going to ask that because I thought to myself when you said (laughs) I was so interested in what women's bodies can do, I was going to ask you about that, but I was like, no way. But yeah, so that's a part of it too, right? Go on. What's your, one of your favorite videos? Yeah, one of my favorite videos is uh, a man lying on his back with his head in a woman's lap with her big pit in his mouth and him sucking milk out of that while she jerks him off. Right. Uh, that, that's, that was really hot for me. 
So it really, yeah, that's what it, that makes sense that it's the, uh, the things that the woman's body can do. It's not like, whereas I think other people might, it might be uh, partly degrading them, right? Or something else to do with something else, right? Other people have other motives, but that's mine. Yeah, that's fascinating. Now, when you've been Googling and you're online and you're seeing all this, like, have you met other people that it's it's the same it's it's coming from the same place have you do you know i don't know it seems like you would know that no i i, I really uh, there i don't there's nothing like a support group or a chat room right. that i've found or i haven't even gone looking for that right. it's not a topic i'm interested in discussing with anybody else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious, and I want anybody who's listening to this on YouTube, even if you're not listening to it on YouTube, you could go to YouTube and leave a comment there because that's where you know people could like chat with each other. If anybody else has this same fetish for the same reason, that's what's interesting. Your reason is so interesting to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's weird. It's like because you do have this, what is it called, peripheral neuropathy? What is the, the actual term of the reason why you can't get it up? Peripheral neuropathy. Peripheral neuropathy. I mean, you know, if anyone's going to have that, I feel like you fare probably better than most people because sexuality, a lot of it is, you know, through your mind and your curiosity. You know what I mean? And visual. So, yeah. you know, you're, it's, it's not as, I mean, it's horrific to have that and not be able to get it up, but because you are turned on in these very interesting ways that I think some people aren't, I think that that probably helps you. Am I right? Correct. Or am I totally wrong? Well, it might, except that, you know, when I, when I get turned on, uh, by, uh, indulging in my fantasies and watching porn and stuff like that, I really miss the experience of having orgasm. Right. I I just I get sad when I think about the fact that I can't do that anymore. I literally cannot remember the last time I fucked a woman. I did it, within the last year. Somehow, I managed to have one orgasm. So it gave me how? hope. Oh, wow. Maybe, Wait, maybe how? happening. Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, I, I, I was uh, watching one of the videos of one of the, one of my chatterbait sessions and it really turned me on and I was jerking off. And even though my dick was completely soft, somehow my nerves got to the point where I was able to have an orgasm. I didn't ejaculate anything, but I, I, I felt it, and it was wonderful, and it gave me hope. But that was months and months ago, and nothing since. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it really is. I, I really have no idea what I have to do to get back to that. And believe me, I've tried. But you know what's good about that? is that if it did happen that one time, that's that shows you that it is possible. Yeah. Right? right. Come on, right? Right. You have to chase right. that fucking dragon. 
<laughs> of course. Right? Don't you think? I don't think I have it. Listen, don't also, I want to listen. The first time you came on, I didn't have YouTube as a platform for my show, and I do now. What I love about YouTube is that I have a large audience of people there, and people know that they could comment there, and I comment back, and people talk to each other, right? It's really great for that exact reason. When you came on the first time, I know I really felt for you because of this problem that you have, and I put a shout out if anyone knew of anything. I remember that, but like, let's put a shout out now here on YouTube, like if anyone is listening to this and found this because they have it or they know someone that has and you've been cured, I don't know, with stuff like this, I just feel like there's got to be people out there that reversed it or changed it or I don't know, because look, you had a fucking orgasm, so it means it's possible. You know, if anyone has any real story, success story, you know, and who has this and not because of like, there's other reasons for it. I Googled it, it was like, there, there could be different reasons, and depending on the reason, there could be easier cures. Yours is from diabetes, so it's like nerve damage, which is probably the worst thing for it to be from, right? Because it could be from vitamin deficiency. Isn't that true? I don't know. I've, I haven't heard of that, but certainly mine's from diabetes and nerve damage. So if somebody out there has diabetes and has had this problem but has figured out a way, please go into the comment section. I mean, if you pay 50 bucks for a poop video, what would you pay somebody for that kind of information? <laughs> I'd pay him at least a hundred thousand. No, you don't have to pay for yeah. it, but go there and give the, uh, you know, the information because I think that that would be really helpful as far as when was the last time you did any kind of scats thing? I mean, is it something that you still indulge in all the time, sometimes on that one site or? Not all the time. It's episodic. I mean, uh, I I have a pretty large collection of scat videos, and I'll watch one every few days or so. That's so interesting. I'm going to pair this. I don't know what I'm going to yeah. pair this up with. Um, well, another another thing I love that falls under the category of loving what women's bodies do is uh, squirting, female ejaculation. Me too. And, I wish I could um, fucking squirt. It's terrible that I can't. Yeah. So wait, so you well, love that. So do you have girls that do that for you too? I have had a lot more luck with uh, with squirting than with uh, any of the other stuff than with the uh, pee or poo mm-hmm. because that doesn't seem to be as disgusting and some of the women just can't control it so you know, how they feel about it is kind of irrelevant because mm-hmm. it just happens. Right. But I love it and I love watching it. Uh, there's there's this particular porn performer who's a power squirter. Her name is Cytherea, C-Y-T-H-E-R-E-A, mm-hmm. who squirts across a room. And she's amazing to watch. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love how you're giving uh, all this information to people who have these kind of fetishes or looking for this stuff. Yeah, I love love watching her. And and there's also a a thing called power pee or power pissing where women uh, just absolutely gush for distance. And uh, the first woman I came across who had videos... For that, I think was named Dido, D-I-D-O. Mm-hmm. But there, are, there are a lot, lot of other power pissing videos out there. I was kind of looking for her site 
again this morning before this call, and I didn't find it. It's been a long time since I looked at it. And her name is Dido, and she, like, power pees all over the place? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she will gush like a fire hose. I don't, I don't know how she does it out of a tiny little urethra. But there are a lot of other women who do that, too. I mean, you can put in power pee on Pornhub and, and see uh, women who get uh, not, uh, who do about half the volume. Right. I remember Dido doing. <laughs> but none of these things have you ever shared, even the, the squirting or the peeing thing with your wife? My, my wife is actually a squirter, so when we were sexual, she would squirt for me. Oh, okay. Uh, just because it was natural to her. We would, our joke was we would have to put down 15 towels before we had sex. Wow. Uh-huh. So you were lucky. I was. Uh, that was the one thing. It was great. Um, but no more. Oh, my God. You. So, I remember it. I now I, I just it's all coming back to me. I felt the same way I need for you. There's like if you're not, it's not over till it's over. And the fact that you just had an orgasm so long ago means that can, you can again and you will. Someone needs to write in. I'm going to include links to yeah. all the things that you uh, brought up on here as far as recommendations. Do you have any other other ones that you want me to include? There was one particular performer who is on Joy Angelus, I think. This this is another corner of the fetish. Uh, her name is Roxy. She was also on Dido's site, I remember. And she seems to enjoy uh, being fucked while she is shitting. And some being fucked in the pussy or being fucked in the ass. Mm -hmm. and so that was an interesting combination to watch, but, you know, not really, it doesn't get me where I live, but it apparently was a turn on for both her and her boyfriend because they do several of those videos. And probably they know that there's people out there that enjoy it, right? Because... Well, they're selling videos, so apparently so. Yeah, they're they're the ones in that niche. I never heard of any of these people. Like I said, I'm going to include links to, in the beginning, you said that one uh, website, Angelus, Joy Angelus. The Joy Angelus. Yeah, yeah, the performance people, all those, Annie Sprinkle and all those people, all the names as well as, you know, you gave me sites of the peeing. You know, you gave a lot of, like, really great tips. And so what people should do in return as thanks for those tips and those, you know, websites is to give you tips and websites for your peripheral neuropathy. Cure. A cure. A fix. A something. <laughs> great, yeah. Do you know what I mean? How to regenerate nerves after decades of diabetes. <laughs> yeah, if anything's going to happen. I mean, did we? I bring up the e-stim stuff. Like, did you ever try any of that stuff? I have tried e-stim for different things. I also have a tremor that I inherited from both parents, and I was part of a clinical trial for an e-stim uh, device that's supposed to help with the tremor, but it didn't help my tremor. <laughs> but did it help your dick? I mean, did you ever try to use it in that sense, or no? Uh, I wouldn't. Ha I wouldn't have a. 
I wouldn't have a clue how to apply it. Yeah. Because it, it was uh, a box on a wristband. Oh, right. Yeah. What no. do I do with it? I had a guy, his name was Jay. Someone emailed me recently, by the way, about that episode. Because now that my shows are on YouTube, they live there. I got to look to see if yours is up on YouTube. If it's not, I'm going to post it up there. Um, it's really easy for me to post old episodes on there. Um, but this guy, Jay, is up there and someone emailed me. Or they, I don't know, maybe it wasn't on YouTube. But they emailed me and said, oh, can I get in touch with that guy? He was an Eastham guy that knew. He got so into it and learned so much about it that he makes the, the Eastham devices himself now. But he pointed me in the direction of ones on Amazon that work and stuff. And uh I don't know if I aired him before or after you, but you know, you never know that that could be something that helps you. So if anyone knows of anything, put it below. Thank you so much, TJ, for calling in. And because I think you heard my shout out about looking for somebody on this topic, right? So I'm assuming you still listen to my show. Absolutely. Even though I'm, I'm way behind on listening to podcasts because I heard the shout out when you were talking to Chris of Chris and Wendy fame. And that was, uh, like in the fall of 2019, I'm that far behind. Oh, I'm okay. listening to them in order. Oh, I just yeah. I just brought it up recently. <laughs> it's so weird. I literally oh, just okay. said I'm only I'm not taping people anymore because I have so many taped episodes. And I say on my episodes, the only thing I would tape is if you had. I literally said that, and then you emailed me right after. So it's so crazy that you heard it on the episode from years ago and not the one that I had just posted it. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, perfect timing. So thanks so much, TJ, for calling in. I'm going to, my show is on YouTube. You need to find it, subscribe to it there, go look, and wait for your episode to come on. And then, and I'll send you an email when it's going to. So you need to see if anyone sends in any comments. If someone doesn't want to leave a comment because maybe they don't want anyone to know their business and their YouTube has their name on it, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll forward it on to TJ. Thanks again, TJ, for calling in. I hope we find you uh, uh, some help. Thanks. It's great to talk to you again, Kathy. Totally. Talk soon. Bye. Bye, TJ. Bye-bye. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, 
Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.